Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. It's weird, Joe, because my internet's been much stronger tonight on a night where we're previewing the NBA Finals tomorrow night. Coverage begins tomorrow night for Game 1, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. So no Joe and Amber tomorrow night. So this has been our chance to preview as we head into Game 1. And so on a night where we're previewing an NBA Finals, where the Denver Nuggets are incredibly heavy favorites against my Miami Heat, all of a sudden, my internet works. The, the microphone works. Everything is working. I'm on air all show long. Yesterday, when it was my first opportunity coming back from vacation to talk about how the Miami Heat took it to the Boston Celtics and took the East, my internet, internet, air quotes, air quote fingers, internet kept cutting out and they kept taking me off air. Weird how that works, huh? We're asserting that this is a conspiracy at the highest level of ESPN. Mr. Pitaro... Not busy with other things right now. Mm-hmm. It is about silencing one Amber Wilson who probably didn't have to take a vacation in the middle of the whole thing. Could have been out there talking about it, but chose to take the vacation, then came back, then got silenced. Uh, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Taro might be overshooting it a little bit. I'd be surprised if he knows who Amber Wilson is. It's not at the highest levels then. But thanks, Jimmy. If you do, I'm thinking (laughs) it's more like a James Steele sort of level. Oh, the lowest levels. The lowest levels of of our government. Not below us. (laughs) With all the power. Let's bring in some help, though, for the NBA Finals conversation. Om Young Masuk, ESPN NBA reporter of the highest levels here at ESPN. SPN. And Om, thanks so much for joining us. You tweeted out Tyler Hero will not play in game one. Are you getting the impression that we're going to see him at all in this series? Uh, Eric Spolster said he's getting better. Uh, I get the impression that we are going to see him in the finals. Um, I just don't know when that'll be. I think they want to obviously err on the side of caution. Um, but look, man, uh, the Heat have been doing just fine without him. I know they need him. They can use his scoring. He adds another whole dynamic to that Heat offense, uh, and they're going to need as many points as they can get to keep up with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. But I know that uh, Eric Spolster said he is out for the next game and that he didn't really give any more of a clearer timetable after that. couple narratives coming into this series, both favoring the Nuggets, if you believe in them. Number one that I'd like to address, the rest. Denver has been off for quite a while. They made short work of the Lakers. Meanwhile, Miami wins in Boston on Monday. They have to turn around quickly and get ready for a Thursday start at Denver. That rest, is it rest versus rust? Is it possible Denver's rust? Or do you think the Nuggets have a sizable advantage coming into this game? No, I mean, it's definitely possible. When you've been off for nine days between game four, the Western Conference Finals, which was last Monday, to game one tip-off, that's a long time to be off. That is a long time to go without shooting a playoff shot, without grabbing a playoff rebound, without banging inside. You can do all the scrimmaging you want. You can do all the conditioning you want. You're not going to be able to replicate 
playoff rhythm, playoff tempo, and the Nuggets weren't a very good rhythm prior to that. So it's very possible they could come out rusty. I mean, the one thing that's good for them is that any nicks and bruises that he had, guys got better and got rested. And then the other thing, too, on the other side is this is the one place in the NBA Finals, uh, it's never happened before, where you're going to get the mile-high altitude. So that might actually help the Nuggets even if they are rusty to start with that, if they're going to try to run the heat off the court in the beginning, the heat are going to be gasping for air because they've only had probably about two days to acclimate to this altitude. And we're going to see what kind of impact it's going to have on the NBA finals for the first time. Oh, what are the heat doing to get ready for that altitude? Well, I can tell you this much. Eric Spolster didn't want to talk about it. I mean, it was the very first question in the press conference and he knew exactly that it was coming and it, it was like he was ready to fight somebody. That, I mean, that's like the only way I can describe it. He basically was like, we don't care about the altitude. We're not going to talk about it. He goes, if they want to take us to the top of Everest, we'll play them there. And then he, and then he took it further and said, you know what? They got to go to Miami. They got to come to South Beach. And he's like, we can turn the air conditioning off and have them play 90-degree heat, and we'll see how that saps the bleep out of their legs. <laughs> so Eric Spolstra set the tone immediately, basically saying the altitude is not even going to be in our heads at all. We are conditioned. We are ready to play anywhere, and we're ready to compete. And I thought it set a great tone for the Heat after that because there were no more questions about altitude. But to say it is one thing, to do it is another. You're going to feel it. And then the other thing, too, is this Denver arena, the game ops people are going to make sure that you hear about it the game ops, the, the PA address announcer, he'll drop 5280 ominously from time to time in the game to make you think about the altitude above sea level. They have it here on the free throw line. They do it in the starting lineup where they say if you're exerting energy at altitude, you could feel nausea, nausea, fatigue. You know, uh, you could feel sick. Altitude sickness can set in. All of these things, they try to play basically mental games with you. And even Kevin Garnett. One of the greatest trash talkers of all time admitted that it can mess with your mental for sure here in Denver. Oh, and that's the off-the-court stuff. On the court from an X's and O's perspective, Bam Adebayo has struggled historically when matching up with Nikola Jokic. What can the Heat do differently to try to make sure Jokic doesn't go nuts on him in this series? Yeah, I mean, maybe Eric Spolstra does something where he plays some guys that we weren't expecting to see or we haven't seen in a long time. Um, perhaps maybe the zone might try to, you know, mess up Jokic a little bit. I asked Jokic about it, and he said, we've seen the zone before, but we haven't seen what Miami's doing, which is they switch zones, and they like to mess everything up. And he said they're very good at it. That's why they're here. He said, I honestly, I don't know how it's going to impact me. He's like, I could have 10 turnovers and 10 points and maybe four assists. Let me tell you something. If that happens, the Miami Heat are probably going to win game one because that will mean they're the first team this postseason to slow down Jokic like that. If anything else, maybe the zone can mess up Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic's handoff and their screens and their two-man game. The Heat have to find something to throw them off because those two guys have been very good and their chemistry is at an all-time high. 
finding any way to mess up anything to do with Jokic seems like a tall, tall task. Om Young Masuk, ESPN NBA reporter, joining us. Om, one more for you. There's been a lot made the last few series here for the Heat about the coaching mismatch with Eric Spolstra. How do you feel about Michael Malone versus Spo? Do you think it's as lopsided? Listen, there's a, all, all, all respect to Eric Spolstra. All the accolades he gets, all the compliments he gets, all the praise he gets is deserved. I think Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA, and all you need to do is look at this eight-seeded team, the Heat being the second eight-seed ever in NBA history, to make it this far to the finals, and I don't think anybody's taking them lightly. But Michael Malone on the other side has to be given credit you know, a lot of team, a lot of players who have lost to the Denver Nuggets in this playoff run, Kevin Durant talked about it, saying basically that the Nuggets have this continuity, that they've been under Michael Malone now for a long time, and you can see it on the floor. These guys know what to do. Um, I think Michael Malone has been great at handling whatever defensive wrinkle comes at him as far as what teams try to do to slow Jokic down and Jamal Murray. And on top of that, I think Michael Malone, He's the swagger for the Denver Nuggets. Jokic is kind of quiet. Jamal Murray shows his swagger on the court, but he doesn't say a lot. Malone is the guy who talks the game for them, and I think he kind of sets the tone for them. And so I think that's where, you know, with Michael Malone, it's about X's and O's, but it's also about what he brings to the team confidence-wise and swagger-wise, and he believes that Denver can certainly win their first NBA championship. And I think once he does that, That'll certainly give him the respect if if there are people out there that are not giving him that proper respect. And one of our NBA reporters, Om Young Masuk. Thanks, Om. Thank you. Again, coverage begins of Game 1 of the NBA Finals right here on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80 at 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance and brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Coming up next on Joe and Amber, he might have said his first month as a Jet was like a dream, but Aaron Rodgers definitely still sounds very bitter about his ex. We'll get into it. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Aaron Rodgers' watch may be over for now until he does the thing next offseason that he's been doing to us for years now. So the watch may be over. But Aaron Rodgers talking the talk and seeming very, very bitter about his ex That is not over. We will get into some of the interesting things that Aaron Rodgers recently said about the Green Bay Packers in just a moment. But first, Joe's got a little more advice for you. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, this this one's not going to land well, so we might as well make it quick. It's a series bet for the NBA Finals. It's the Nuggets minus two and a half games over the Heat. It's plus 115. So a $100 investment returns $115 in profit. This is a spread bet on the series games. What minus two and a half means is that Denver needs to win by three or more games for this bet to cash. So essentially, I win if it's a Denver sweep or if it's Denver 4-1. Anything else, and it's a losing bet. I see this series starting off very poorly for Miami. 0-2 hole on the road against the Denver team that hasn't lost at home since March 30th. A team that's 8-0 at home during the playoffs winning those eight games by 12 points per game. After they go up 2-0, they go to Miami. Maybe they win them both and we're done. Maybe they lose one of them, but I don't see them losing both in Miami. And then you come back home, you close it out at altitude, and you get it done in five. Heat have been a great story, but this is a horrific spot between the short turnaround, the historical angle of teams coming off game seven and what they face in game one. I mean, you're already looking at a nine-point spread here, so... Final series bet, like I said, didn't land well, I'm sure. I'm not even looking her in the eye on Zoom. I mean, I hate all your bets today. All of them. It's awful. Denver series bet, minus two and a half, plus 115. It's been like a dream month so far. I have an excitement about coming down Jets Drive. Since he's become a New York Jet, he's been the player and the coach helping these guys. And he says he's just reminded every single day that he made the right decision. It was surreal and strange to look at my locker and see number eight to be rocking Jets gear. But every day there's been something that's kind of been a little special sign or synchronicity or just a cool moment that reminds me I'm in the right place. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Are you really so happy with your current love if all you're doing is talking about your ex and still sounding bitter, right? Like if you've really moved on in life and you've done better and you're so happy, do you still sound bitter when you talk about your ex? Here is how Aaron Rodgers sounds right now when he talks about the New York Jets. It's been like a dream month so far. I have an excitement about coming down Jets Drive, and it was surreal for sure and strange to look at my locker and see a number eight or to you know be rocking Jets gear. It's a little bit strange for sure, but um, every day there's been something that's kind of been a little special sign or synchronicity or just a cool moment that reminds me I'm in the right place. But he sounds very, very different 
when he talks about his ex. He recently spoke to The Athletic, Joe. I want to get your reaction to some of the things that Aaron Rodgers said. Now, some of them we Can know. Can I start it's with not... what he just said? I'd love to throw in a note. Uh, oh, please. Interesting to use the word dream uh-huh. to describe OTAs in May with the Jets. Right, when you don't normally show up to them. In yeah, Green not, Bay, you certainly didn't. Not, not, not to knock whatever the Jets are doing there in May, but if, if that's a dream, I would love to know what, you know, two weeks in the Maldives would be mm-hmm. for something like mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. That's just me. I, it's just me. I, I, I think the word dream may have been used a bit liberally there. I mean, in, fa- in fairness to Aaron Rodgers, he does think that going into a dark hole with nothing to do and no cell service for like four days straight by himself is a good time. So good perhaps if that's good your point. barometer, that OTAs for the New York Jets is in fact a dream. But what I'm interested in is what he said to The Athletic. Now he starts off talking about the drafting of Jordan Love. The Athletics asking him about when they drafted Jordan Love. It's a lot that we already knew where he says, of course, he was blindsided by that. He wasn't consulted. He did take that as a sign they were going to move on. He figured at that point he only had a couple years left with the franchise because they had found their guy. That's the whole reason that they drafted a succession plan. So he says all that stuff. I'm not sure that's anything new. He then goes on to talk about signing that contract with the Packers and then just days later, $150 million extension, and then immediately they trade away Devontae Adams. And he said that he knew Adams wasn't loving it there, that he was probably going to leave, but he thought at the end that he was going to decide to stay. So I guess he was surprised there by the departure of Adams. He blames the departure of Adams on the way the Green Bay Packers negotiated, where in the end they come to the same number as the Raiders, but it's where they started. He took issue with that. And he even spoke about this when he was on the I Am Athlete podcast. He said that it was disrespectful to Devontae Adams where the Green Bay Packers had started negotiations. That sent a bad message. Kind of points the finger. So very squarely away from him for taking a while to sign that $150 million extension and and say that he was staying. He takes a lot of stuff personally, it seems like. It seems like he takes a lot of things personally. He makes a lot of assumptions. If you've ever read the four agreements, I mean... Don Miguel Ruiz would have a field day with Aaron Rodgers' approach to the world, but that's possibly for a different segment altogether, most likely not on a sports talk radio station. Rodgers is a unique guy. It's clear that the way all this played out was the Packers saying goodbye to him, and it doesn't sit well with him because he sat there for years watching what happened to Brett Favre, probably telling himself he would never allow that to happen, only for it to happen to him pretty much the exact same way. And it's got to sting. It's got to really sting when you think you have that much power, that much control, that much influence, that much say, and then it turns out you don't. You don't. You know, he talked about going into the hole and he's kind of thinking about retirement. Then he comes out and his phone blows up and it's like, yeah, we're moving on, man. And, and, And that's what happens. People make choices based on decisions, and then there's consequences. And Rodgers was one foot out the door for the last few years with the Packers, and the Packers finally had enough. I mean, they had enough of the games. They wanted to move on. They were tired of being held hostage as an organization. I get where they're coming from. I can understand why he's upset. The Devontae Adams thing's a bit odd because Adams was like deuces. He chose to leave. If you Mm -hmm. guys were so close, you probably would have known what was going on. So it's a fascinating story. 
And he does reference that he that he knew that he was unhappy there at a time. He goes on to talk about the whole darkness retreat thing, the phone thing. He doubles down on the, well, they didn't try to FaceTime me. I only get one bar. People can make as much fun of it as they want. That's the truth. He did admit that Gunnikins uh, texted him more than he texted back. But he said in terms of calls, he had tried to get in touch with them. And he had also called back. So he denies the fact that Green Bay was the only one trying to get in touch with him all that time. The whole article is certainly interesting. It does show that it all relates back to them drafting Jordan Love, though. He says nice things about Love. He said Love handled it really well. He knows how hard it is to sit behind a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Love did it as well as he possibly could. But certainly still a lot of bitterness that they drafted Jordan Love those years ago. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply quarterback battle in Tampa Bay moving on from Tom Brady well it's not quite looking Brady-esque at least not yet we'll get into that in just a moment find him on social at Joe Formba you can find me as well at Amber W Sports but first Joe has a little bit more pizza money for you pizza money alert pizza pizza All right, so the Memorial starts tomorrow. We've got two golf bets for you. Both involve Sahith Thigala. We're going to play him half-unit wager. Half-unit wager, 55-1 to to win the entire tournament. We're also going to play him tomorrow in a one-round matchup, minus 120 over Keegan Bradley. So he just needs to have a better round tomorrow against Keegan Bradley. The rest of it won't matter. And then 55-1 to to win the whole thing. He's a very consistent golfer. He's made the cut in 17 straight events. He's been fantastic on this course. He was fifth here last year. He's gained strokes with his putter in five of his last eight starts. And he's had top tens in four of his last ten stroke play events. He's one of the guys a lot of people feel is ripe to break through. Keegan Bradley has missed the cut here three of his last six starts, and those other three where he made the cut, he averaged a finishing place of 42nd. So final two pizza monies of the night. We're going to the Memorial. Sahith Thagala, 55-1 to to win the whole thing. That's a half-unit wager. We've also got him over Keegan Bradley. Round one matchup tomorrow, minus 120. I like that bet and that advice much better than all of your NBA finals (laughs) bets that you've given tonight. If you've missed any of those, though, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So it is Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask that are tasked with replacing Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform under center. And so far at OTAs, it ain't looking anything like old Tom. Let's just put it mildly by saying that. A video has been circulating online that's gone viral here the last few days, Joe, where both Trask and Mayfield, both of them, are seen no pressure, dropping back, just terrible throws, completely off target, nowhere near the receiver trying to catch these balls. It ain't pretty 
towards the end, there's some throws that get like slightly better. But again, there's no pressure and wide open targets and they're both missing them. And a lot of people are having fun at their expense. So it's early. Obviously, we're going to overreact to just about everything we come across with NFL news right now because we're always desperate for NFL news. We like talking about the NFL. So we're going to break things like this down. Mayfield has always been a very good talker. He's always had a big personality. He's very good at drawing attention to himself for a variety of reasons. And I don't say that negatively. That's why Baker Mayfield gets talked about. But the only other time you talk about him is when he's not playing football all that well. He's the number one overall pick from a few years back. This is his fourth team in three seasons. Like When you're good, when you're solid, when you're a franchise guy, you don't play for four teams in three years. You play for four teams in three years because teams give you a shot, you don't pan out, and they move on. For his career, he's completing 61% of his passes. I mean, 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, 22. He's been in the league five years. 61%. That's awful. He's thrown 64 interceptions in 69 career starts. So he's not accurate. He turns the ball over a lot. There's the rumors in Cleveland he didn't really have the locker room, and we've seen him on four teams in three years. I don't expect a whole lot to go well for Tampa Bay. I'm not going to say much about Kyle Trask. I don't know what his upside is. I haven't really seen him do a lot in the NFL because he's a younger guy, but you know, there's a reason he was not a first-round pick either. So if you're Tampa Bay, this is what happens. This is the process. Post-winning a Super Bowl with a guy like Brady, very slowly you start to drop off. You'll eventually move on from the coach. You'll eventually start with a rookie quarterback in the first round. A lot of guys will leave, and you'll begin the rebuilding process. It's a shame, too, because that division's wide open this year. Um, I've obviously been high on Kyle Trask because I watched him a ton in college because I'm a Gators fan, and I felt like that maybe they had a diamond in the rough. I felt like the landing spot for him was a very good one, getting to sit behind and learn behind Tom Brady because you're right, he wasn't a first-rounder. He wasn't NFL-ready when he came into the league, but I thought he had a lot of room there for growth and a whole lot of talent. We haven't seen any of it, very, very little of it anyways. I mean, very little of it in the NFL. So I don't know how it's panning out. This video doesn't make it look good, does not make me happy as a Gators fan, but also who cares? It's OTAs. It's early. I mean, Baker Mayfield, I've seen play a lot more football. I'm not suggesting that Baker Mayfield is some sort of excellent quarterback, but I do think Baker Mayfield can make some passes when there's no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> Everyone's in shorts. Like, I do believe that if you're on an open field. So I think some of this is something that's gone viral a little bit to pile on. It ain't easy is the reality to move on from the greatest quarterback who has ever played the game, which is what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are trying to to do. And there are salary cap situations in Tampa. It's not like they were going to be able to go out and get some other star quarterback necessarily to replace him. They haven't necessarily drafted their guy yet, unless Kyle Trask turns out to be that guy, but they weren't sitting at the top of the draft this draft to go ahead and take one of these quarterbacks. And so here you are. These are your guys. You brought in Baker for try to create some sort of competition. We'll see if it works. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. There's other quarterback battles though around the league as well. The Washington Commanders You've got Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. It seems like it's probably going to be Sam Howell's job. Does that make you excited, Joe? Uh, If you're a Washington (laughs) fan, I don't think you're too upset about anything right now. The fact that Snyder's gone, I think everyone's so fired up about that. 
that they're going to be able to deal with another losing season because they've been dealing with that forever. Jacoby Brissett is a nice number two. He's never going to be a number one. He's a great guy. He's a great culture guy. He's a great locker room guy. He can step in and make some plays. He doesn't process information fast enough to be the franchise guy. So you're going to give Howell a chance. He's a young guy that's on the roster. All right, you drafted him for a reason. Take a shot. You've got some weapons there. He should have an opportunity to show you what he's got. And then if it doesn't work, you go ahead and move on. I know you're going to get to a different quarterback battle in a little bit. That's the one that I've got my eye on. Okay, well, I'm not sure I'm getting to it now because I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I'm guessing oh. that's not the one that you were alluding this to. This is the not reason, the one. The reason I'm going to the Titans <laughs> is because this one I actually do think is really interesting. Right. And no one's been talking about it. And the reason I think it's interesting is because you have Ryan Tannehill in the position two years in a row where they have now taken a quarterback in the second round. So Tannehill went through it before with Malik Willis, right? And had all the questions. How are you going to handle it? And he said, I'm not going to be a mentor. I'm not here to be a mentor. A lot of people made a big deal out of that, him saying that. So this time around, he had a very different kind of take attitude. We're saying, hey, this is deja vu for me that they draft another quarterback. I'm going to you know, be part of this, go out and do my job. I'm sort of used to this at this point. If you're Ryan Tannehill, it probably does soften the blow a little bit that now when they bring in Will Levis, you already dealt with it the year before when they brought in Malik Willis. And yes, Ryan Tannehill has that contract that looked real bad for a while, much easier to move on from now. It didn't seem like Malik Willis won the job over Tannehill. Are we going to see them move on to Will Levis? This one is fascinating because two yeah, years in you. a row, I not one, but two years in a row, Tennessee has looked at their starting quarterback and been like, we don't like you. You're not the guy. Mm-hmm. Drafted a guy, it didn't work, and then did it again. It is absolutely hilarious. And then the next layer to this is that with Malik Willis, they took a shot on him in the third round. He got some run last year, and they, and they somehow along the way realized, you know what? You're not the guy either. That was a mistake. So now we're going to take Will Levis. So they got a whole mess on their hands down there. Again, in a division that could be wide open, but probably won't be. Jacksonville should run away with that thing this year, given the situations in Indianapolis, Houston, and Tennessee. So, yeah, there's some intrigue without question for Tennessee, but I think long-term it's not going to result in any wins, at least this season. I actually love what Tennessee did here because I'm one who says, hey, draft a quarterback every single draft until you hit on the guy. And that's exactly what the Titans did. And they didn't just draft. They moved up here to draft Will Levis because he was still sitting there to their surprise. So they didn't go into this draft thinking that they were going to take a quarterback, I'm sure. But when he was there for the taking and they're not necessarily sold on Malik Willis. And I don't think obviously they're sold on Ryan Tannehill, but more importantly, also it's the price tag as well with Ryan Tannehill. So I think that they're in a situation where they think, hey, maybe Maybe this guy will be the answer. He's got a lot of talent. We never thought he'd be available to us. We're going to go ahead and take it. I love that because there is no position more important in football than the quarterback position. Waste all your draft capital on that position. Take every first round pick on that position until you hit. I don't care. I wanted the Dolphins to to use two first rounders. I wanted them to draft Tua and Jalen Hurts because they had multiple first rounders in that draft. I wanted them to draft both of those guys. Imagine if they had. They would look brilliant right now. Yeah, I mean, as a general manager, I'm not sure how long your career is going to last, but it is interesting. I, I the, the, the fascinating part with the Levis pick is that Tennessee is going to sell you that he's their guy. Just remember, they were sitting there needing a quarterback, whatever pick that was, like 12 or 13, 
and they had no problem passing on Will Levis. Like, they wanted to trade up for C.J. Stroud. It didn't work. That's why Houston took Stroud, too, and then traded up for Anderson rather than vice versa. They didn't want to risk losing Stroud to Tennessee, trading up with Arizona and grabbing him at three. So to pass on Levis seemingly multiple times and then take him, like, oh, yeah, he's the future. We know what we're doing. Yeah, okay. Well, it looks different on day two than it does on day one of the draft. I think the battle you wanted me to get to is the one out in San Francisco, I'm guessing, between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. And quietly, there's been some rumors that maybe they were looking to move on from Trey Lance or at least a little open to maybe taking some of those phone calls regarding Trey Lance. We know what Brock Purdy did for the 49ers this past season. We also know that he wasn't expected to be the guy, and that ain't why they drafted Brock Purdy, but it sure as heck is why they drafted Trey Lance. They've moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo. How do you see that playing out? I see it being Sam Darnold. I don't think it's either one of those guys. I I think it turns out him yet. I think it turns out that Lance is a complete bust. I think they made a huge mistake. They realized they made a huge mistake. They've obviously taken phone calls on him, but they know they can't move on for pennies on the dollar because it's going to look horrible. The only thing saving them from the fact that that was such a bad draft pick is that they got something out of Purdy and they went to the NFC Championship game again this year. So because the team's winning, it doesn't look as bad. Now Purdy's got the injury and you go out and you bring in Sam Darnold. This is a system with plenty of weapons, elite play calling, to where you can turn quarterbacks into the most best version of themselves. There are easier ways to have said that. I stumbled through that sentence. But the point is, you can get the max value out of these guys in Kyle Shanahan's system. I think Darnold's going to be the one that's most ready to go come week one. I think he's going to get the job, and I think he's going to play well enough that they ride with him. That'll be really interesting to see if he can do it again with yet another quarterback. I don't know what that would mean for Brock Purdy when he does come back from injury because he's not supposed to be available at the very start of the season, but he will be available at some point. I do wonder with Trey Lance, huge, huge bust, should be very embarrassing, lessened maybe the embarrassment by the injuries to Trey Lance. Maybe that's the better thing that happened to the 49ers because we hardly knew him, right? Like we haven't gotten to see it. So there's only so much criticism, I guess, you could throw their way. I think this conversation would be going a little differently if we had seen him the last few years and he played terribly and they had actually relied on him to be the answer but maybe they'll wiggle their way out from underneath the criticism frankly that should exist for them drafting and moving up to draft Trey Lance oh if they gave fact, up a bunch to go I mean, get a him a bunch a bunch but if we don't ever really see him fail and he just kind of rides off into the sunset somewhere, then I don't know if the embarrassment will be the same that otherwise, frankly, it should be. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, we're opening up the phone lines to you once again. The phone lines were lighting up earlier about the NBA finals. Call us about that. Quarterback battles in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, anything you've got for us, bring us your takes. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Lines are open here on Joe and Amber. We love when you chime in and join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN, eight at eight. 729-3776. Go ahead and call in so I don't have to take our friend Terrence in Georgia's call because I banned him from calling in tonight. Because he Come on said now. nuggets in four, and I banned him because it's my show. That However, is not how we. He's already on the Terrence. phone line, and I, I'm probably going to end up having to take it. And more people don't call in, so I'm going to need more calls. Triple uh, Eight, 
Stay ESPN 888-729-3776. We've been talking a lot about these NBA finals. Coverage begins right here on most ESPN radio stations tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Tip-off in game one is 8.30 p.m. Eastern. That means no Joe and Amber tomorrow night. So we've been getting you prepped for game one tonight. Joe has been infuriating me all night long with his pizza monies. All of his betting advice has been bet against the heat in every single way, in every single metric, in every single category practically. If you miss any of that, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. You have zero confidence in my team, like 0.00. No, that's not true. First of all, you should feel not that upset because I've been relatively cold the last two weeks. So this could be the kiss of kiss of success for you right here. Me going ahead and backing Denver. In addition to that, we talked about on Daily Wager today, ESPN 2, 6, 7 p.m. Eastern. Boom, that's how you plug. The idea of what price would it need to be for the heat for me to bet them? Right now, it's a little over three to one. I play it at five to one. I think at five to one, there's value. Remember, you had a you had a finals where uh, Draymond Green gets suspended in Game Five. It completely flips the series. The year that Durant and Clay Thompson both got hurt, the Warriors end up losing to Toronto. Things can happen. It's not a zero percent chance. I think it's tough. Not because Miami isn't good. I think the situation they faced. With the quick turnaround versus a rested opponent, they don't have home court. I think there are a lot of factors here that are not working in their favor. Let's go ahead and play some caller roulette. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play caller roulette with Joe and Amber. Let's spin that wheel. I'm not letting that big, beautiful wheel land on Terrence, at least not yet. Adam, Adam, Adam is up. Adam is in California. Hey, Adam, go ahead. What do you have for us? Hey, Amber, I'm a lifetime Dolphins fan, and I I loved your idea of Hurts and Tua, except I would have gone with Herbert. But we got Tua. He's hurt all the time. He's got this new helmet. Can the helmet keep him and the uh, jujitsu keep him from a concussion? What do you think? Well, that's the million-dollar question, right? He does have this new technology, some sort of camera on the helmet and whatnot that – they're pumping out these stories, Joe, from OTAs to try to make us feel confident. He's talking about the off-season stories as well about Tua Tungavaloa taking jiu-jitsu. He's learning to fall differently and properly. I will say, I, I've read a lot of experts and heard a lot of experts talk, and they do reference this issue with how Tua falls. Because it's quite literally, the problem's been his head hitting the, the turf, hitting the grass. It's not necessarily been contact from players. It's been how his body physically hurts the ground or hits the ground. And so you would think that if you teach him a different way to fall, maybe you can limit that. I don't know. I am no head expert. I really, really hope for the sake of him, for his future and for his health and his career in football, because that man loves himself from football, that concussions don't end up being a problem for him in the future. I think we all have that wish, whether we're Dolphins fans or not. Secondary, obviously. I hope he's good for the Miami Dolphins. If you are interested in a helmet story, there is a hell of a helmet story that surfaced today. The LSU Tigers football program is going to be rolling out air-conditioned helmets this season. They're going to use them in practice. They're going to use them in the games. They're good for like five hours before they shut down. air conditioned helmets no i'm not joking lsu tigers this season that's a thing of beauty i need one of those just walking around out here in florida this time of year let's spin it 
Mark. Mark is in Memphis. Hey, Mark, thanks for the call. You got 30 seconds. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I hope LSU does not lead the SEC in head colds with those. Uh, <laughs> oh, comments. I like it. I see what you did there. Question for you. Nuggets, first time in the big party. Miami coming back from the dead. If motivation is measurable, who's got the most mojo? Enjoy the show. Well, I think the problem is uh, it, both of these teams. I, I, it's not a problem. It's a problem from my perspective for the Miami Heat. But both of these teams, underdogs, both of these teams maybe felt disrespected at times. Jokic, obviously, you're talking about potentially the greatest center of all time. He needs a ring for the legacy conversation. And then, of course, the Miami Heat, everyone's been sleeping on them as an eighth seed all season long. I feel like both these teams are motivated, Joe. Yeah, it's the NBA Finals. If you're not motivated, you shouldn't be here. I understand where he's going from, Mojo and all that, but I think both are going to be very, very well motivated to go out there and win this thing. The advantage that I'm hoping comes my way as a Heat fan is I am hoping that the Denver Nuggets as heavy favorites, which they are not used to being heavy favorites, and they have not been these last couple series that they've played in the West, them being heavy favorites, I hope that makes them think it's easy street here against an eighth seed. Like I hope somehow, some way that gets in their head a little bit and they take their foot off the gas pedal. I just went ahead and filled time. So I didn't take Terrence's call. That's what you get, Terrence, for taking nuggets in four. That's what you get. Terrence, I do not agree with that at all. (laughs) This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.